0: Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh.
1: I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures.
2: We are all D&D role players and storytellers at heart. It's where we started out, and it's where we find ourselves most at home. So here in our main podcast episodes, we discuss the core rules, how to use them as written, and how to homebrew your own content to get the most out of your story. Because detailed settings, heroic characters... Vibrant NPCs and a focus on story over rules is what makes a campaign legendary.
0: Here's a message from friends of the show.
2: Hey there, Steve here from the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, the podcast that brings nerd culture and pop culture together in the 21st century. With my brother Joe, we sit down and talk to the gurus of your favorite nerdy fandoms. You've got the questions, we've got the answers. So join us every week on the DNA podcast, where we know it's not just a hobby, it's hereditary.
0: Welcome everybody to today's episode. This is really exciting because it is our first episode back after our holiday here. I hope that, uh, I hope that you all enjoyed your July. I know that the, uh, the three of us were really hoping to go ahead and get some nice weather over the summer. Uh, and I, I can certainly speak for my compatriots in Connecticut that the weather here in Maine for the month of July was, uh, was hot garbage. It really was. It rained, I think every other day, uh, the entirety of the month, but that's okay. You know, it was, uh, it was nice to get some time with our families. Uh, but we are really, really happy to, uh, to be talking to each other again and to be back, uh, talking to you all out in, uh, the audience. So, uh, Glenn, Lou nice to see you again.
1: Great to see you. Great to, great to be back. Hey, everybody out there in the audience. The one thing I can say about July weather is at least I got to pick a pint of tomatoes off, uh, out of my garden, uh, this week. So, there was one good thing that came of it.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So we have a great episode for you tonight. Uh, we are going to be continuing our our kind of large series of uh, of interviews where we're bringing in awesome people who are doing awesome thing in both the uh, the tabletop role playing space and and in the the wide berth of uh, things that are kind of floating around it. Tonight we have Mike from the Tangled Web, which is a site all about play-by-post role-playing games. So, Mike, welcome to Tabletop Journeys.
3: Ah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's awesome to be here. Yeah,
0: it's great to have you. Great to
3: be back for, the, for your for your first uh, first, sh- first show back from vacation. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we wanted to go ahead and start off with a bang. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what the Tangled Web is, and and sort of what's that community like, and what can what can our listeners find there.
3: All right. So I'm assuming, and uh, hopefully this is fair, I'm assuming that probably the majority of the audiences are familiar uh, with tabletop role-playing games, whether that's Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or, or a more indie system. We're all, we all like gaming here. Play-by-post is just another way to play those same games. It's not really a different, it's not a different game. It's just a different medium. The biggest difference between playing face to face around a table or online in a in a virtual room versus play by post is that it's asynchronous. I uh, I have three kids and um, I <laughs> I love my kids. They're awesome, but they don't leave me a lot of free time. I don't <laughs> I don't really have that time. To, to carve out and say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, pretend to be an elf for four hours. You put you yeah. the kids to bed tonight. I don't know. It's, I, it's, <laughs> tricky. it's a tricky line. So uh, with asynchronous play by post, you essentially play when you have time, uh, whether you're the GM or whether you're a player in a game. Um, it's forum based. We have character sheets on our site. We have a dice roller on our site. We have forums on our site that anybody can join for free. Anybody can make a game for free um either joining a game or starting a game and uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder are certainly our two biggest systems but we also have you know really cool and weird indie systems of players on there essentially any any TTRPG can become a play-by-post game. You just need the forum, um, which we provide, and you need some players and a GM.
0: Awesome. Well, that sounds fantastic. And I know that uh, you know when we were kind of talking before the show here, um, I had said that many, many moons ago, I uh, I tried running a uh, Vampire: The Masquerade. Actually, it wasn't even Vampire: The Masquerade. I think it was just one of the generic kind of World of Darkness systems, I in kind of an asynchronous play-by-post fashion, and it failed spectacularly. After I think about two weeks, and so I'm really uh, I'm very excited to go ahead and and kind of uh, pick your brain on this a little bit. Um, uh, Glenn Luaniga, have either of you dabbled in the play by post realm world? That seems that domain. Seems yeah. I have
2: not, and in, in fact, um, I'm intrigued. Like since we first started talking about doing this, and I started looking into the tangled web, um, because I've got some ideas to kind of hybrid a little. My my biggest question about it, because I I have trouble visualizing it because I've never done it right Um, so my biggest question for you Mike would be can you take me through what it looks like if I'm a GM and I'm running a a play-by-post game from from the from setting the scene which I would assume is a single post through you know the point where players are interacting and how that how you get all that back together if it's all coming to you in stages and then spin the tail on back out again
3: I mean it it is it, it's funny you make it sound harder than it feels to me. Um, <laughs> it, I love it, that. My brain's
2: overcomplicating yeah, it. But I'm thinking no. about it in my head. It,
3: it, it, it's true, though. I've just I've been doing it now for over ten years, and it it just it seems like second nature to me. But I see what you're see. I almost feel. I don't mean to answer your question with a question, almost. But I almost feel the same way about regular tabletop role players i'm like where do you find the five hours how how do you do the voices like there are things about regular like normal around the table beer and pizza role playing that feels foreign to me now having been a dad for all this time and haven't done it this way yes generally i would say what what you just what you just asked about how it how it really starts is the gm is absolutely the driver and play by post but i think that's probably true around any table oh, of course but yeah generally what's going to happen is you're going to see a, a game recruitment ad on, on and look we're not the we're not the only play by post site um i am not probably going to advertise all the others but like there are other great sites that i've, I've there, there are other good ones that i've played on and met people on and and gamed on what essentially you're going to see on a play by post site is you're going to see a game recruitment ad list and you know, like we have a couple right now on the Tangled Web. One is a, is a homebrew uh, D&D 5e game, and one is a complete first-chance-ever indie homebrew game of uh, a fellow gamer that I met on Twitter who has joined up and is trying something new, and I'm playing this crazy spider-jellyfish hybrid. I'm super excited. <laughs> it's, it's really weird and really cool. Um, I am stoked about getting to try to roleplay this, like, goofy like slippery armed creature anyway but essentially you're gonna see you're gonna see a game recruitment ad that that's gonna be the first start and again that's the that's the gm driving it the nice thing with play by post is though literally anybody can do that i feel like you can do that around a table too but if you're gonna gm around a table people have an expectation that you're gonna kind of know what you're doing in play by post you have unlimited time to look up the rules you never have to pretend you know what you're doing in play by post because there's always an srd handy. You you don't have to, anybody could be a rules lawyer if they want to and anybody can look up a rule at any time. There's no sh- there's no shot clock running where somebody expects you to know something. Once you post that game recruitment ad and you say, you know, I'm looking for this setting, I'm looking for these this number of players, here's the basic background. It's going to be a, you know, a regular dungeon run I'm going to run a, an adventure path like Rise of the Rune Lords, whatever you're going to do, then you just start getting people posting and Look, again, I, as I said, we're not the biggest site, but I'm very proud to say that we just crossed the, just about a week ago, we crossed the 6,000 member mark. So whoa,
0: we have we have Congratulations. a lot. Of, well,
3: thank you, which is really exciting because when, I really don't mean this in any kind of braggy way because I'm bad at bragging, but um, when we started this summer, and summer is usually a pretty slow time in, in our hobby, um, we had just under 3,000 members. So it's been an incredible summer for us. And I, I I say that because that means we have a giant pool of people who who want to see those game recruitment ads go up. So I, I feel like one of the nice things about play by post, it's a great way to dip your toe into GMing without feeling like I've got six people coming over tonight expecting me to know what I'm doing. Like you can you can just have an idea in play by post, and you can post that game ad and say I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm new at this, but what do you guys think? Would anyone want to play this? And I can guarantee, especially if you're saying it's D&D, the answer will be yes. <laughs> there are going to be people who say, yeah, whatever weird thing you want to try, I'll give it a go. Um, and that'll be a mixture of veterans of the, you know, veterans of the hobby and new and new players alike. But I, I'd say that's pretty much what it looks like. And then and then you put it together from there. You, we have a dice roller built into the forum. So you roll for ability scores so or you use a point buy, and GM sets the scene and, and you start rolling. Um, we have character sheets that are integrated um, right on the site where, you know, they're auto-calculating sheets. You can edit the backgrounds, edit the character sheets. So, I mean, we, we do have everything you need to play and it's free. I mean, as long as you have the rule book, as long as you can play D&D in person, you can play on our site, um, which is one of the reasons it's fun to come on shows like yours and talk about it because I'm literally not selling anything. It would feel a little goofier if I was. <laughs> um, but it's free you can just come and play and you can come and use the character sheets and you can come and use the dice roller and it's you know it's there and it's one of the cool things i've I've always loved that about ttw I've, I've been at the i've played at the tangled web now for over 10 years and you know nobody ever asked me for a dime i i decided to buy part of the website last year but i didn't nobody ever asked me you know there's no there's no money they never asked me for money which is kind of fun
0: how big so if you've got 6000 members on on the forums how big is the average game session that you're running i mean or is it is it really just like all over the all over the map
3: it's going to be pretty i think it's still pretty typical just because ttrpgs whether you're doing play by post or in person any party over 5 people starts to become kind of a headache and it can be a fun headache but eventually it's just <laughs> a headache because big parties it just becomes a mess especially at higher levels so no i i would say we have Pretty, you know, it's pretty typical party composition, pretty typical size, I would say, in the sense of the size of the games. But you know, I didn't, I didn't check the numbers of how many active game forums we have going right now. But I mean, the answer is dozens to into you know hundreds, something. Some people are using our site for sheets. Some people are using our sh- site for sheets and rollers. Some people are using it for the games and the forums. We also have an active Discord community. So the reality is, is that, like you look at. You look at the numbers, and yes, I feel very proud of it. But I also, no matter how many people we have on the site, what I always want to see are more game ads going up. I always want to see more people interested in doing game, you know, interest checks. Who wants to do an all cat folk, you know, D and D run of a you no know, dungeon run? Like I, I want, I, I like those weird, you know, I, I like those weird ideas. I like seeing those weird ads. And I, I just throw this in there. I think that's one of the real big benefits of play by post because there's a lot because we've talked about some of the kind of drawbacks right it's a little different you don't have the face-to-face interaction it's a little bit slower but one of the huge benefits to me is that it's pure role play like you know we're, we're sitting here looking at each other right now and if we were all sitting around a table i could sure i could play an elderly female gnome bard but you'd still be seeing me. I'm still, I'm still Mike and I'm still six foot three. And, you know, I I mean, it's hard to hide what you look like around a table, but in play by post, you can be a walking tree. You, you, you can be you know, a different gendered dwarf. You can be pretty much anything and nobody bats an eye because it's just, it's just your writing voice. It's just your words. So it really opens up, I think, role-playing possibilities that around a table, you know, around a table, I'd probably be like the sarcastic barbarian or the sarcastic ranger or the sarcastic fighter. Like I, I, there's there's pretty limited me what I can do rolling dice around a table, but, but in a play-by-post game, I, I can play anything, which is honestly, it's one of the things I love about
2: it. That is a really cool point that I hadn't thought of at all. I really love that idea. It just opened up my curiosity about it even more. That's really neat.
3: Well, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this. Since doing it, anytime I'm making a character, I just flip-flop whatever the gender was of the previous character I played. And and I'd like to say that I'm comfortable enough with myself and cool enough to do that at a table, but I honestly don't know that I would. Um, I don't know that 50% of the PCs I would have played over the last 10 years would have been female characters. But online... I'm just writing a character online. I can find that character's voice and it doesn't have to be me doing a voice. It's just, I mean, it sounds kind of goofy to say, but eventually it's not really me playing that character. It's just kind of writing whatever that character would say, like whatever makes sense for that, whatever that person would be thinking and saying.
1: I absolutely agree with the, with that point. And of the three of us, I am probably the one that has the most experience with play by post though. Interestingly enough, okay. both, Josh and Glenn have been in games that either started or had side elements mm-hmm. that were play by post. So, uh, years ago, Alanis had a fairly significant play by post campaign that ran for a while. That was,
0: I forgot about that, on
1: yeah. uh, Web TV when you had that giant, ridiculous controller. I think it was like 98. I'm seriously dating all of us who know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Uh, it was this ugly beast. And uh, honestly, there's only a few people that had the technology. So you'd get like three or four of us over at that one house and then a couple others at the other house. Or I'd just like drive by after work and I'd say, oh, hey, can I jump on? And send my response and I do my thing and he's and then I'd read the other responses and then get on my way back home or whatever and we did that for a while much of the campaign Josh where Bayern Glander switched to be from being a human uh, green knight to being an elf an an elven knight happened via play by post like when we got that weapon and basically Androsia's yeah. introduction came immediately after the close yeah. of that bit so it was major factors in this huge campaign that we played in for over te- a series of campaigns that we played in for over 10 years happened during a play by post wow. game. So I have vast love for play by post. And I would also say, Josh, the, the, the close approximation for you was when you played Androsius and you did the love letters with the other players. With Rayazia. With yeah. That was effectively play by post.
0: You're absolutely right so for everybody else in the audience that hasn't heard this story uh, again this goes back 20 something years ago where my elven character uh, had fallen in love with another elven character in our regular like meets based tabletop game then subsequently took our courtship online uh, to the point that like I've got like 300 and something pages of written material in in my garage uh, of the printout of that of those forums and 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 other players would interact sometimes and but most players understood to go ahead and keep their distance because there was something else going on there but you know i i honestly had not even pieced that together until you said that and i guess i guess uh you've been doing that most of your so career so now i'm sort of so now the gears are sort of turning yeah saying, he's yeah.
3: absolutely right though that's all it is all yeah. I mean, right that, yeah. that asynchronous role playing i mean that's yeah that's all it is yeah yeah absolutely
0: and now the gears are turning and I'm realizing why my, my why my play by post didn't work out so
1: well. <laughs>
0: so, but I can also
1: take this to another level, Glenn, whenever we're playing our Monday night campaign and we're like uh, we were we're actually dealing with right now where we finished session before last. I said, you know, there's going to be upcoming two weeks of downtime. So we're going to do this one week at a time. The first week of downtime. Y'all just have your scenes with each other and all the conversations you want to have uh, via the Facebook chat group. And I'll, I'll be reading it. I'll chime in. If I have to answer questions, I'll fill in some information here or there. And then when we meet back, we'll sync up with everything that's happening. That's effectively a play-by-post set of scenes. And so we've been doing it for quite some time with that particular group, a little bit more formalized recently than before. But th- that's essentially what we're talking about here. So I have, uh, like I said, mad love for the, for the form. And you're right. It's about writing your character. I DM or storytell a lot of female characters. I have very rarely played one. Storytelling, it's expected. So there's this, this thing and trying to be cognizant of appropriation, appropriateness. I don't like to speak in, in the voice of other people. On certain issues, so being very keen to that becomes a challenge when you're at the tabletop when you're at the table uh, and I get frustrated when I see when I'm some places and I see some of those things. but you eliminate most of that and can focus on character via play by post and I just absolutely love that element of it i'm writing it's a great mechanism to improve your writing skills and your storytelling skills. Well, and I am a writer, so.
3: There's no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm an English teacher, and I I came into this hobby entirely selfishly. There was no there was no thinking, "Ooh, I might become a better writer and even a better teacher for doing this." I was thinking, "Oh man, my wife is pregnant, and there's no way I'm going to get to play D and D anymore. So I got to find another way to do this." Um, and I found Play by Post, but. It, it's 100% true that it has been, it has made me a, a better writer. And I, I really think it's made me a better teacher of theme and, and empathy and literature in general. Um, it, it, is, it is a valuable skill. You know. And one of the things that play by post allows allows you to do is have the fly by the seat of your pants, choose your own adventure GMing method, which is what I like to do. It's much harder to do that around a table. Around a table, you have to have some semblance of a plan for the evening. But because play-by-post only needs to be one post at a time, you really can shape the story on the dice and the reactions of the characters around you. I've done two homebrew worlds over the last 10 years, um, and I've run probably a total of four or five games total. So I've run a few adventure paths, and I've done a couple homebrews. And both of the homebrews I've done have lasted years and both of them only started with an idea. There was no big plan. I didn't have the populations of cities. I didn't have NPC lists. I had a hook. I had one I hoped was a good idea and I just kind of ran with it and got lucky with really good groups of players and they worked out great.
1: Well, I love the concept of yes and. I mean, yes and improv in general is the cornerstone Mm -hmm. of solid strong role play and i just envision play by post being a, a fantastic answer response and upgrade to that process and i agree with you i'm i'm the father of six really wow and uh, my cheat, yeah my cheat code was that my oldest and my youngest play so i literally got to play at least one game simply because i brought them with and it was dad son <laughs> I like that. You know, and, and to be honest, one of my good friends, he's a father of two. That was, you know, we used to game together when we were 20-somethings, uh, cruising around, knocking heads and being stupid. Our kids grew up together. And then when it's like, hey, they like playing too, we're like, let's make a game so the kids can play. Good deal. <laughs> and, and really, we get to play. And we've been playing that game for years. Yeah.
3: The truth is, is my kids are getting old enough now that I, I really should you know, be able to maintain, you know, a normal life and have a game again. Um, but as we were talking before the show, I, I don't exactly live in the most populated area. And there's not, <laughs> there's not a local hobby store. Like we don't, you know, we don't even have Grubhub. So we, we don't <laughs> we don't have a lot of, there's not a ton of gaming opportunities here on the, on the mid coast of Maine. But, um, but yeah, that's another thing. Play by post is able to scratch that itch via the internet for me that is so, would be so hard to do in a re- really rural setting where, where I am.
1: I learned through COVID that my itch to play more than the one game I was playing because that's all I could carve out for live time, was playing virtually. And I am now have expanded. So I play one virtual game a month. I run uh, two virtual games during the week and every now and then I'll do a pickup game here or there, but in general, that's really it. And I don't have a lot of time to carve out more, but as we've been doing this podcast, uh, specifically our character subclass rankings, I'm finding there are hundreds of characters that I want to do. Right. Hundreds. Right. And I, there's no <laughs> way, there is no way I'm going to have the ability to play all those characters. I was talking with a friend of mine who plays in my Monday night game and mm-hmm. has DMs me in what my once a month game. Benito, friend of the show, those who listen to the show will know know of him. He's been on before. And we were just commenting about some character stuff. He's like, I've got folders and folders. And just like you, man, folders and folders of characters, uh, ideas that I just want to play. And I'm like, but I can't do it. He can't do it. He's got a nine to five. He's he's a single dad. You know, he like there just isn't time to do all the role playing we want. I'm looking at Tangled Web and I'm looking at it on my on my, oh, other, saying, my on my, my on home. my yeah. other screen. I'm like, ooh, the itch is getting scratched real damn soon. Uh, You know, <laughs> we are we are days away from recording another subclass ranking. And I talked with Josh earlier today and I said, man, there's this new one. And if I can find the right game, that's the one I want to play. And now I'm like, you know what? I can trot something out. I could do that. And a play-by-post, it's it's when it's convenient.
3: If I'm in fewer than half a dozen games, I start to get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it's it's usually it's usually because they don't. It just doesn't take. It's so different than real real-time games. You know, you can be in a play-by-post game. You you're expected to post. You know, it's usually good form to post once every twenty-four to forty-eight hours to keep up with the rest of the party. But I mean, that might take you 10 minutes. It could take longer. It could be a big post. It could be a lot of battling and rolling and all that. But the truth is, is even keeping up with, you know, I I can keep up in a half a dozen games, GMing one and playing in, you know, four or five, eh, 45 minutes a day, half hour a day. It's not a ton of time. It's just, you know, it's a more continuous a time than than what than a once a week you know gaming session,
0: and it's all about structure. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that you opened that door because so the heavy role play aspect of what you guys are doing on on the tangled web makes a lot of sense to me. Obviously, I mean that's again like I I it's something that I never thought of as a play by post game until until you when pointed it out. So you know like that all makes sense. A lot of my questions and again it kind of as I'm, as I'm kind of like thinking through how my game kind of fell apart, I have questions about, you know, so you just talked about how um, uh, the uh, you, like in, in encounters and stuff like that, like how, you know, like sometimes it can, you can um, to keep up with everything. Maybe the expectation isn't that you're posting more often, but maybe that as a player, you want to be posting more often if you're in the middle of an encounter. Right. So how does, and, and again, I mean, this is, this is, you know purely like uh like how did i do this wrong how do mechanics in a play by play in a play by post game work like how how does that physically happen does that, i mean everyone just kind of agree like okay now we're in a combat encounter so now everyone's going to be here for this next 30 minutes while we go through this or or how does how does how does that work no that's a good question no i wouldn't say
3: that's uncommon it's very uncommon to have everybody online at the same time playing at the same time it happens but it's usually like you'll remark on it and you'll be like holy crap we're all actually here right now (laughs) like there's uh, there's this one um player um Janine uh uh, who I've played with for years she's a great role player we played in a bunch of games together good friends Uh, she asked me about my wife and my kids you know we really know each other and like each other well she lives in New Zealand I don't think we've ever been awake at the same time like I I we we don't we don't know each other as awake people. We know each other as, <laughs> as, as posts on message boards, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's very uncommon that you'll have everybody online at the same time. But you'll, generally speaking, players who are going to stick in this hobby and who like it and really get it and start to enjoy it, it – in combat you can usually resolve the combat in about 24 hours people will post a couple times in the day if it's just you know putting in the dice code and rolling an attack and damage die roll um for for a longer exposition post for a, you know an emotional moment or something like that it, it's not a rushed pace i mean you're, you have to expect all campaigns to take longer and play by post i'd be lying if i pretended otherwise like if you think about let's say a standard adventure path um in pathfinder something like uh, uh rise of the rune lords or curse of the crimson throne you know around the table once a week playing it's probably going to take you two or three years to finish the whole book play by post it's going to be five years um i mean that's just the reality of it and it, it's a slower pace and and you become more used to people saying hey I'm not going to be able to check in for a week because I'm going to the in-laws for Christmas. And you're just like, okay. And it's like missing a gaming session, but you just sort of like, it's a a slower medium in that sense. But I would say that most of the time people get pretty, everyone loves rolling dice, even even digital dice. Um, That's not different in play by post. So we get just as excited typing in a roll code and seeing that 20 come up as anybody does rolling them around the table. Um, So usually in combat, people will move pretty fast. And it's the moments where the GM's like, "What do you want to do now?" is when everybody goes dead silent. Which again is <laughs> kind of like around a table. Right, very typical. Um, players are players and GMs are GMs. It's a different medium, but it's the same game, um, and that's the reality of it. It's it, there are different things you get used to in play by post, but it's the same.
0: So I mean, uh, uh, and again, not to kind of put too no, fine no. a point on this, but like, so if you've got like a ten round combat encounter, that encounter could take two weeks.
3: It could, it could, but I'll tell you, a good play-by-post GM probably won't let that happen unless yeah. there are okay. serious things happening. Like, for example, in my in in the best moments of my GMing or or being a player in play-by-post, you'll have an encounter where there might be two or three rounds of rolling dice where you're you know swinging the sword and just standing there hacking at each other, but there might also be. You know dexterity checks as you're racing across the roof right there might also be there might also be a you know surprise round of an alley fight and suddenly somebody jumps out of the manhole cover I mean the reality is is good storytellers tell good stories and if you're just look I've been with GMs who will dutifully post daily and say okay I roll the you know you roll the dice and then and there's no real exposition there's no real driving and Yeah, as players, you still like rolling dice, so you'll make your own fun there. But those games are not the ones you remember, and they're not the ones that last. A GM, you you asked before, how do you keep a play-by-post game alive? And my number one answer to that is you have to become friends with your players. Play-by-post is so easy for people to ghost on. Um, it's not your face and it's not your real name. So people don't feel the same set. Like if you if you have to go up to your group of friends that you see every week and say, I don't really like you enough to play with you anymore, that's a hard conversation. You don't have to do that and play by post. Like you can, you just stop. Um, so you lose players and, and people do drop and, and that can be hard, but I tend to find that happens with people who have just been screen names. You know, just interested, you know, there, there's no real out of character chat. There's no real you know, what are you doing for Easter break? It's 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 just dutifully, okay, I'm going to play my lone wolf character. They're usually playing a gunslinger. And then they just <laughs> kind of drop off after a while, and this turned out not to be for them. But for me... I
0: don't know why that sounds so funny.
3: <laughs> they just do. But I, I do think that there's a... I, I think that there's... The key to the whole thing is, even if you're not going to post in character most days, you got to post out of character most days, you know? How was your weekend? Um, you, you know, you you find out who these people are because you're not talking to them and having sharing a drink and sharing pizza and sharing those types of stories. So if you're not having the out of character chat, if you're not telling stories and becoming a part of each other's lives, then you know it'll last a couple weeks. It might last a month or two, but it'll never be something you'll really remember. But I, you know, I've got. I've got eight or 10 stories now over the last decade that I'll never forget. And a couple of them I've told, and most of them I've just been lucky enough to be a part
1: of.
2: Wow. Uh, it, cool. it sounds really interesting. I mean, for the guy who came in really not knowing a lot about it beyond the base concept, um, I'm not going to lie. I have another window open where, cause I created a profile earlier so I could poke around Nice. where I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm looking at, you know, the, the, the campaigns and I've already been tempted by the very first one I came across for coastal adventures based oh, off yeah. of ghost of salt marsh. So
3: I, I had to hold, I, I'm uh, by the way, I'm Raceland MC over there. So if you do join, um, feel free, you'll, you'll see me. I've posted in far too many threads, uh, over the years. So you'll, you'll see, there's no way to be around the tangled web and not see my name. So feel free to, I already me.
2: have. In fact,
1: yeah. there you go. So, so first of all, kudos <laughs> on the excellent, excellent name choice. Love it. Absolutely love the oh, name choice. I've been,
3: I have been Raceland MC since I was nine years old.
1: Wonderfully um, done. That
3: is, that is an absolute. That my name is Mike Cherry, and I was reading the chronicles. And we, my dad, like got the internet. It was a big deal. We didn't know what to do with it. Um, we, you know, he got like a thousand hours of Compuserve on a CD-ROM, and we're like, "What is this?" You know, there's chat rooms that tells you the weather and it's like put in a screen name and I I I've been Raceland MC ever since. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice.
2: Without
1: any nice. doubt, I know the three of us just love that as, as a name and Oh good. Oh good.
2: Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I wanna double down on what Glenn said, like uh and Glenn, keep track of this because what I was talking about is a character that I would love to play that I just don't have anything coming up for that's Perfectly in saltmar So write that one down so I can get it because I'm probably going to try to sneak into that one at some point.
3: I'll tell you this: no matter, no matter what, um, no matter what story I've ever GM, no matter what kind of world I've gone for, if a gnome exists, it's a Dragonlance gnome in my mind. it's talks fast, <laughs> it makes catapults. Like I, I gnomes to me, I, I'm only <laughs> I, I only believe in the Dragonlance stereotype of gnomes.
2: It's going to be honest. To almost this, every so. halfling to me is half kender. Right there, that's you
3: It's amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. It's half hobbit uh,
2: and half hobbit. half the other half. Of the other half of the halfling is hobbit. Yes. Right. A hobbit. I mean, a halfling is half hobbit, right. half kender. Half, half, half kender. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's,
1: that's, that's, that's <laughs> I like. It. Um. Yeah. I, I just love this concept, and I truly, truly hope the audience listening to us hears this because I know from talking to my players, uh, I've got a player who's a brand new dad, like as of like weeks ago. and and we're all fighting for time to do this, and we all want to do this more and more and more. This just sounds like a brilliant, brilliant way to to do that, to test out new concepts, to try new characters, to meet new people. I mean, our stated mission is to bring more people to the hobby and get a better and more inclusive hobby. And I can't think of a way to do that better than to have something that has less time demand or immediate time demand that allows you to still do this hobby it takes away some of the fear issues uh as well as far as being on camera or being in person or what have you i mean let's face it the real world is the real world this
2: pandemic isn't quite through with us yet so let, right. let's let have other avenues to handle life i also wish just from the, the 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 parenting perspective as i'm hearing all of this that i had learned more about play by post. When I was younger, because if I had, I mean, I kind of found out, fell out of role playing for a while, except for an occasional game of rifts that I'd pull Lee Wanika into and some other folks around here and an occasional D&D game I'd make it into with Lee for the most part. Instead, because I was raising kids, I lost like, I don't know, 15 years of my life to World of Warcraft. If I had that as an outlet, maybe I'd have some of that time blocked back. Yeah, I mean,
3: <laughs> you know, I want, to go, I want to go to something that, that just for a second that uh, Luanika said that, you know, he talked about growing the hobby and, and meeting new people and having a more diverse group. I couldn't agree more. And that's been another wonderful byproduct of play by post for me, that it's allowed me to play with folks who I simply never, ever would have had the Pleasure or chance to meet, and and part of that again, I, I do. I right now I live in a very rural area, a very homogenous area, not not a lot of diversity. But even beyond maybe what we typically think of as American diversity, um, you know, I I've played with people. For, I, I've played with an enlisted member of the Indonesian army. Um, I'm. Pl- I, I mentioned Janine from New Zealand. I've. Played I played with a, I played with a Croatian graduate student um, living in Tokyo. I I've played with so many <laughs> wonderful people that I mean I never ever would have met them. I'll never I'll likely never get the chance to go to the countries they live in. Never mind get to go to their houses and you know share a glass of wine together. So I, I mean that has again been a that a, not what I was expecting. Not what I went into this hobby looking for. But, but I've been so happy and and grateful and and thankful and whatever other, you know, full word you want to use um, for finding that because it it has absolutely increased my, you know, my diversity and my, my worldview and my friend group. Um, I, I, I hope you don't mind. I say this real quick. I just, it's a little bit of a bummer, but it's just true. Recently um, somebody I've, I've known and gamed with uh, in play by post for, for 10 years, um, she She passed away. She was fighting cancer, and she passed away. and I um it was it was such a painful and surreal experience because there are so many people who I see on Facebook or 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 see you know sporadically in in person friends from high school friends from college who I'm like, "Oh, I see you once a year, and it's really nice to see each other. and i I love those people and I value them. but I, I talk to shadow every day. I gamed with Shadow every day. She was a part of my world or I was a part of her world for a decade and to suddenly not have her log on again, to suddenly not have her laugh at one of my, you know, corny asynchronous jokes, it it, it really it really hurts. Um in 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 a way that I'm not sure I fully realize just how powerful and invested I was in in the friendships and and relationships I've made over the last decade doing this without ever seeing each other's faces, without ever having that regular bonding stuff that you might normally around a table, you're still friends and, and you still miss the heck out of each other when, when somebody's not there anymore.
2: Very sorry for your yeah, loss. Yeah,
1: absolutely, so first of all, sorry for your loss. and. I absolutely understand that. What I realized with uh, just on the virtual side of gaming, um, started a virtual game. It was a one-shot group of people. It was a great game session. I'm like, we should do this more often. It became a regular game. We are now a, a collection of friends. Some of us have met each other in person a few times. I actually met one of the people a few times. I invited Glenn in and his, his nephew in uh, very early on, like actually session number two, and we've become friends. Like I am paying attention yeah. to what's going on in everybody's lives. And that's on the virtual side where we have the benefit of sight and, and sound and all of that. But so I absolutely get it. Like I understand what you're talking about. Most of my family, I do not know for meeting in person. I have a very large family and we are exceptionally international and there are language barrier issues. I, no one has ever said it to me, but I know for a fact I sound like I'm an American and therefore for them listening to me when I'm prattling on at rapid pace, it cannot be any easier than it is for me to pick up the nuances of some of the things that they say. However, when we're chatting on on Facebook or whatever, we can certainly follow what each other's saying. And by the way, we all speak English. It's just dialects regional dialects all those things can be challenging sometimes i think the ability to type and read uh so you are getting the meaning behind what people are saying rather than uh what the heck did they just say uh is a great way exactly. to learn about and of and from other people
3: you make such a good point i wasn't even thinking this but uh... Another positive of play by post is is as a English as a as a second language. Uh, a, a, you know, an English language learner, you have unlimited time to edit and 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 you know and fix you know and fix any post where you don't have to feel any kind of you know any any kind of trouble in in communication, any kind of trepidation about that language barrier because you know, especially now with universal translation uh, devices and stuff, there there are a lot of as I mentioned, a lot of players who I played with who are not native English speakers but have very much are wonderful English writers and and fantasy writers in 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 the, uh, the play by post
1: medium I took years of Spanish in in school so I can still read Spanish I can't speak a whit of it sure. like really can't I I don't even sound like a two-year-old in Spanish a- and I pick up a word here or there or enough to get it to understand what they're telling me or what people are telling me but I don't speak the language. However, I can read a, a newspaper. I can follow things better in writing. So I imagine the same is true in reverse with English. We're an exceptionally difficult language to learn. You're an English. You're an English teacher. So, uh, yeah, a, a, a remarkably difficult language for somebody else to learn. I, and uh, so, having it being able to be written is great.
3: As an English teacher, I can verify English is preposterous. We are. <laughs> We are the bastard stepchild of two languages that never should have had anything to do with each other, and somehow we made it work. We we took Latin and German and smushed them together and pretended it made sense, and it just doesn't. But here we
1: all are anyway. And then we just make up words about every fifty years and throw them in for good measure. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and you know, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, that may be the that may be weird as an English teacher, but I always tell, I I like about language. I like the elasticity of language. I like that one day we all went to bed, and the next and and like T W E R K wasn't anything. It was just a random collection of letters. And then one night, Miley Cyrus shook her butt, and it was a it was a new word. It was a, it was a word that didn't exist the day before. And suddenly, we all know what twerking is. I think that's amazing. I, I'm I, am, I, I give full-throated approval to the, the elasticity of language and random crap becoming a word. I think that's awesome.
1: We, we are constantly making up words on this show. Yeah, I, 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 like we make up words all the time, and we congratulate each other on made-up words. Uh, you know, Glenning, by the way, is a word we would love for you to propagate I- internationally, which basically means Glenn has fixed up the language in something that's been written so it actually makes sense
0: and is cool. Uh, that's, that's a word that we use here on the podcast. I'm the editor. For for as smart as Luanika and I are, Glenn's gift with the word is far superior to either of ours. So uh, a Glenning is very much our editing process.
2: Which is entertaining and it's kind of, it is kind of a badge of honor, but it is also a cross to bear.
0: It
1: is a cross to bear (laughs) because, yeah. I I, I make them work for it. I do make them work.
2: I I was going to say something a little while ago that I just want to throw in there real quick before I move on because it's something that struck me. A lot of times we refer to, to it as a hobby, right? Yeah. Um, but then when we listen to the things as we're all talking, we're talking about the connections that we make between the groups and the people, whether it's play by post, whether you're meeting in person and meet space or in the digital space. It's not just a hobby anymore. The Internet has made it a community, you know, play by post. I mean, originally concept could have been by snail mail if it needed to be. Mm-hmm. But Now, I mean, everything is so connected and that that community is powerful. Where, however you play.
3: It's true. I, I mean. The Tangled web, and this is not advertising, this is not any of that. It's just the truth. The Tangled web felt like a second home when I found it. I mean I you know I, I know some people seek solace and escape. I wasn't even really looking for that. I'm happy. I, I like my life. I, I have a good life. I have a good job, I have a good family. I, I love my life, but I also love pretending to be a dwarf and swinging a battle axe and I just it fits my time and my schedule and my personality just really well. It, 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 when I found it, I was amazed that it existed and I hadn't found it yet um, because it just
0: fit. Nice. Cool. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to um, kind of uh, glomming onto that. I'm going to throw a real softball question at you, Mike. So please, you know, do please hit it, hit it as hard as you, as you want here. So if one of our listeners out there is, is hearing us talk about how great play-by-post giz and, and uh, games are and and how much fun they are and everything like that. And they're thinking to themselves, man, I am just an absolute <coughs> writer, though. What would you tell them to go ahead and say, you know what? Come on in. Here can be your entry point. Look, <laughs> and please tell me that there is one.
3: They're, they're, they're 100%. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. Surely, somewhere in the play-by-post community, you're going to find some, some snobs who will who will, who will be upset with somebody for, you know, perhaps poor grammar or, or a simple misspelling. If I don't play with folks like that for long. Um, so if I ever have, it hasn't lasted. I I find, I don't find many people are like that. The reality is, is it's much more about your attitude than it is about your aptitude. But it's true that if you come in and you say exactly what you just said, you post and say, look, I've been playing D&D for 20 years, but I've never played a play-by-post game in my life. And I'm just, you know, I I really want to give this a try. And is anybody, you know, anybody looking for a, you know, a healer or a rogue (laughs) because I got a couple character sheets here. The answer is everybody's going to be cool with it and everybody's going to be welcoming whether you miss a comma or whether you miss anything like that. The reality is, is as long as you care about playing and voicing your character and being a part of that group and that community, nobody's going to judge you, whether you're an English as a language learner or, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you know, I've played with, I've played with a player who's functionally blind and has written and said, please don't judge whatever my initial post is. I'm going to go back and edit it later because it hurts too much on my eyes to look at it for too long. So I'll post now and then I'll edit it in about an hour and that'll be what I actually mean. And everyone's like, sure, man, whatever you need. Like um, the reality is, is as long as you communicate and as long as you are honest and friendly, there's a, there's a place at the digital table. I'm not going to pretend it's all sunshine and roses. That would be, that's just not fair. As I said, there are players who will ghost and drop sometimes. And sometimes you will have the stereotypical bad player. Right? The the person who tries to pick fights with the party, the person who tries to burn the town down instead of talking to the NPC you you made for them. Like you can find bad players, but they genuinely they just don't really stick very long in play-by-post games. Folks like that really usually want to be disruptors, and they really want to sort of like come in and like be the center of attention and really mess with a group dynamic. And and I don't think they get the same satisfaction in asynchronous role playing. Um they don't get to see the look of horror and disgust on your face around a table. They don't get to see how you're bringing how they're bringing gameplay to a halt. Just real quickly, anecdotally, I I had a I had a player one time who I warned four times. Four times I tried to say to this guy, "Look, you've got to stop doing the stereotypical loner gunslinger thing where you're trying to pick fights, where you're saying inappropriate things, where you're being insensitive. Like just be a be a team player and just play the game and kill some, you know, kill some ogres and
0: follow the social contract. Yeah.
3: I really, I really tried. And then his character, and of course he was quote unquote, just being true to his character said something really, really homophobic. There are so few really terrible players that every once in a while, somebody like that will stick out. But I mean, that, you know, that was eight years ago. I I haven't had somebody who rubbed me the wrong way or who really was abrasive to the group. In over half a decade, I've, I feel so lucky with the group of players I, I play with frequently and the new players I run into in the hobby. Most people are awesome. It's just, you know, every once in a while you have somebody stick out like a sore thumb, but that's true in anything, I think. yeah. yeah.
0: Every hobby has a missing stare, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that happens, I'm sure you've seen it at Adventure League games. Yes. I mean, any yes. other pickup game has that situation, uh, situation come up. And so, yeah, it, we, we've all had to deal with that before.
3: I'll give you the opposite. One of my longtime players and friends, Nick, on the Tangled Web, he goes by the handle Black Fox. When my wife was pregnant with our twins five years ago, we got this package in the mail uh, off our registry and it said from Nick. And my wife's like, We don't, I don't know a Nick. And I'm like, I don't know a Nick either. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Black Fox. And like, this was just, I mean, he lives in Texas. We've never met in person, but. I like him and he likes me and we're friends and we're, you know, we're friends on social media. And he knew, you know, he was asking about my wife and the whole thing. And I am so rarely I'm not an overly emotional person, but I I was overcome the idea that this person who is, you know, 2000 miles away from me and has never set foot in my house or looked me in the face. Is is thinking of me and sending my wife, a, you know, a present for our from our registry. I mean, it just, hmm. I, it just I felt like the Grinch where it's like heart grows three sizes. I was yeah. like, oh my god, there really are nice people in the world. This is
1: crazy. You bring up a topic. I was going to get to this later, but I'm going to go ahead and move that thought to the front of my brain. Josh mentioned the social contract. How do you set up and encourage things like inclusivity, the use of safety tools? Uh, within the various games, I mean, with a group that's six thousand people deep, the reality is there are going to be situations, and I'm sure that uh, they come up from time to time. But how does you, the website? Uh, how does the you, how do you handle those those issues? Um, the rare times when they happen.
3: No, that's an excellent question. We do have um, the option of a password protected forum, so if, if they're not required you can just host a, you know, you can host a PG or PG 13 uh, forum publicly and, and, and post your, you know, post whatever game you want. But if somebody, you know, usually it's somebody saying we really want to use the F word (laughs) and, you know, can we, you know, should we throw behind a password? And we're like, yeah, better safe than sorry, you know, because we do have, we do have uh, members on the site, you know, you can, you can register. You don't have to be 18 to register. It's not an adults site. And we certainly don't have adult content in that sense. So, you know, uh, you, there there will be there there will be that um, there can be the password protected thing. I do think though, to more to your question, it's really more about the culture changing in recent years that now GMs are asking. Uh, the, the game I mentioned that I'm I'm going to be playing the spider jellyfish hybrid. Um, the the GM Ben who I'm already starting I I already like the guy so much. I met him on Twitter and now we've been interacting on on the tangled web. He just seems awesome and I'm looking forward to being a part of his crazy story and world. Um, But he just had a post and said, you know, before I post, you know, essentially uh, session zero and the opening scene, are there any triggers I should know about? You know, I, you know, I want you as players to know that um, I don't, you know, I won't allow in my game any violence against children. um, And I also don't want anything, you know, any kind of sexual violence even mentioned in, you know, even as like a background story plot point. I don't want those triggers in there. Is there anything for you guys that you want me to have in there that you want to add to that list? And I thought it was such a great example of where our hobby is now, because there's nothing, you know, for, for the folks who are going to yell cancel culture or oversensitivity or any of that silly stuff. That's not what was happening there. That was somebody simply saying, look, here's the story I'm telling, and it won't have these two things. You guys, I hope are going to be my friends. Is there anything you don't want in there? Um, And I think that's such a sign of respect and a a sign of where we are now. I I, I like to think that I'm there and and I'm trying my best. But I, um, when I when I was on um, Derek's wonderful "How Not to DM" podcast earlier this summer, I he asked me what was one of my you know biggest regrets, and you know I wasn't I wasn't asking those things of players um, ten years ago when I started. I think that I'm a good storyteller. I think that I'm a good writer, and I decided just to dive in, and I didn't ask. Or set those parameters. And um, I I lost somebody I considered a friend because of insensitive kind of crappy storytelling on my part. I was, um, she had a, she had a barbarian who should have died in combat, like by the rolls on the board, the character should have died. And like a dope, I thought, um, I didn't ask her, I didn't ask anything. I didn't send a private message. I didn't do anything except post this publicly. And I sound, I feel so stupid saying it out loud now, but I was like, instead of killing your character, I'll just chop his hand off. I'll just maim him. That, that, that'll, that'll be a, that way your character stays in the game. And you've got this cool Jamie Lannister role-playing thing going and I'll just copy George RR Martin and steal his idea. And then everything will be fine. And the character, uh, the player, turned out she would have been fine with the character dying, but she was not fine with that. Um, she was not fine with dismemberment, torture, maiming, anything like that. And, you know, we're still friends on social media. I don't think she would mind me telling this story. We, we still talk to each other and care about each other, but she's she's never wanted to be in my games again. Um, I've, I've lost her as a player. Um, I may have kept her as a, as a friend and acquaintance, but I lost her as a player. I lost her trust um, because I just pulled that out of left field and thought, "Ooh, here's something sort of gory and cool," and she wasn't there. That she she had signed up for a for a heroes beat the bad guy Dungeons and Dragons adventure and not a George R. R. Martin grimdark adventure. And I didn't ask any permissions. I didn't set any parameters. And and you know, I, I'll use the excuse that it was ten years ago, but it's a pretty crappy excuse. I, as a, as a person and as a storyteller, I should have known, but I didn't. I just didn't. Yeah
0: we we talked a lot about that in our session 0 episode in the late 90s when when Le-Nika and I were running you know Vampire the Masquerade games together you know how we would kind of revel in how extreme we could make those games and like now looking back on it it's like okay you know what maybe that was not the right way to go about that particular uh that particular uh, uh scenario so. I think it
3: depends on the audience right if it- Guys and you're, and you're into it. I think you should be able to tell what, you know, I, I'm a free speech and get permission, you know, dichotomy. Yeah, at exactly. Where we all are. If you want to run a grimdark game and have really crazy Joe Abercrombie twisted stuff in there, then you should be able to do that but you better be sure everybody's on board these days. Better make sure you everyone consents you're yeah, bring yeah. that crap on people and it it and it just it comes back and bites you and it should and it should now i can see it being like that was a that was a jerk move and i didn't even realize i was that's the worst kind of jerk move when you're you don't even mean to be a yeah. jerk like at you least you don't even you mean have, to be a jerk yeah. right about it. I didn't even realize i was doing it and and it and looking back now i'm like well what a dummy of course you should have realized that <laughs> Maybe a problem for somebody.
2: or even worse i mean we've we've talked about it on the show before but there was a time in like the 90s the decade of you know passive aggressive everything where i mean literally the hobby was going through a phase or at least it was in the gaming circles that i was playing with and it wasn't just our group where gm's we're making games, trying to deliberately make them gritty enough mm-hmm. to, to, to shock somebody. To be offensive. Like, I to dare offensive. you to be able to handle my game kind of thing. I mean, so even worse back then because it was deliberate because basically we were being young assholes who didn't give a crap. Sure.
3: I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think it was, I, it was trying to see what limits you could push. And then we all push the limits and we're like, wow, maybe we shouldn't have pushed those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're all collectively saying 20 years after the fact, let's not do that again. Let's not be those people learn from our mistakes, learn from our poor choices, but those were poor choices. It's not even a, should we have done better? It's we absolutely should have done better. And we say the same thing here. We are constantly talking about limes, veils, uh, our session zeros. while not more complicated, are definitively more direct. And the point being, we want people's buy-in. I can tell some very grim and gritty, realistic stories. If that's not the game that the group that's coming wants to play, then it's not appropriate for me. You know, and knowing when to rein it back.
3: I can see that in myself now, uh, thinking about the kind, the two homebrew stories I've run. The first one was based on an inherently violent hook. I uh, I was playing Final Fantasy Tactics, and at the end of the game, um, you're on an airship graveyard, and I thought that'd be kind of a cool thing. Bunch of farmers digging in their fields, and suddenly you run into an airship graveyard. Like, what happened? Where that? You know, where what happened to that civilization? So, and, and but the, the game was based on civilizations being destroyed in this cyclical you know, God's war thing. And I mean, the whole thing was based, the whole idea of it was going to be a disaster. The whole idea of it was going to be this sort of end of the world, violent thing. And the story I'm telling now, honestly, it's a, it's a pretty happy and hopeful little thing. um So far, I, I instead of this hook beginning with violence, this hook began with just like a, a weird geography idea. I was like, I wonder if I could, I wonder if I could do that. And, and now you know, where the characters just hit level four and they finish their first major story arc in the first chapter of our story. Obviously there's fighting, there's been dice rolling and violence, but it's, that's not the whole point. The point at this point is the characters and the story itself. It does feel like an, an interesting change after 10 years of doing this, that even my storytelling has become more, I guess, plot focused and a little less uh, chopping people's hands off focused.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. This has been an awesome conversation. I, I learned so much, and I, honestly, it's it's already kind of turning the gears and and, uh, and giving me some ideas on kind of how I can uh, can write previous wrongs here. Uh, but before we close out for tonight, tell us how our listeners can can find you and find the tangled web, and uh, how they can interact with you.
3: Sure. Um, well, uh, before I do that, thank you, uh, all three of you guys. It's really been awesome uh, putting faces to the names. And I, you know, I've gotten to uh, knowing that I was going to be on here this month. I've been listening to some of your back catalog in July. And okay. it's, just, it's so cool to be a part of your show after listening to your show. So really, thank you so much for having well, me Thank on you here. so much. So uh, our site, it's easy, uh, easy to find, easy to join. Um, it's thetangledweb.net. Um, it is entirely free to join. Um, you go to the site, you click on sign up. Uh, you put in a username and password and you then have full access to uh, free forums, the dice roller, character sheets, all of our interest check forums. You you are a member. You you sign up and come on in and play. Um, I'm so excited that you guys might, uh, might be there. I, I hope we run into each other over there. If you're looking for us on Facebook, we do have a Facebook page. I can't pretend that it's anything high tech, but it's there. If you need to contact us and ask me any questions, I'll be happy to get back to you. And we're on Twitter. Um, it's at roleplaytoday, um, Role Play Today. R um, O L E Play Today, and that's our Twitter handle for the Tangled Web. And I'm I'm the guy who's been running that that Twitter account. I've gotten to meet so many wonderful folks in the TTRPG community doing that. So uh, it's been it's been a real treat. I've been I've been running that account now for just about eight months, and um, it's been so fun getting to be a part of this community and getting to meet folks just like you guys.
0: That's how you and I connected was right on Twitter. I'm trying to think who found each other first, but uh, uh, I was really glad that, uh, uh, that we threw out this crazy idea and that you were willing to come on and say hi.
3: Me too. I'm so glad the date worked out, and to be to be the first one on your uh, on your show back from vacation, it's awesome. I know after vacation, all, I know right? all season.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, we uh we love meeting we love meeting all of the folks that come on too, and I mean learning about a new way to play the hobby has me super intrigued. I'm definitely going to have to sign yep. up for a game at least just to try it, if nothing awesome. else.
3: Yeah. Well, good. Yep. I hope to see you around the, time of the web, and we'll uh, hopefully we'll get in a game together.
0: All right, Mike. This has been an awesome time. Thank you so very much for joining us Thank tonight. You, uh, we hope that you had fun, uh, and uh, this is just this has been super informative for me uh, alone. Uh, so we really, uh, we really appreciate you carving out uh, some time on a on a late Thursday evening to uh, to join us and uh, and talk about your hobby. I'll so, be listening to your new awesome. Episodes, Sounds great. And I hope to Thank see you so much for joining us, web. and I hope Hopefully everybody we'll out engaged. there enjoyed it. Yeah. And we will talk to you again next time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. You can join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast.
2: And make sure you join our growing online community. You can follow us on Twitter at TT Journeys and join us on Facebook just by searching Tabletop Journeys there. You can also reach us by email at podcast at and if you want to catch early access to our episodes and some of the other benefits we have coming down the pipeline, you can also support our production at patreon.com slash ttjourneys. If you're listening
1: to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, Audible, or any other podcast platform, we would really appreciate if you would like and subscribe to the podcast. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays and every Wednesdays. We'll feature our quest series, where we talk about pretty much anything tabletop oriented.
0: Thank you all so much for listening and for being a
1: part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.